is up and welcome to Bruin Bible officially on 1090 the mightier uh really really excited to be on the ESPN uh network with the LA Football Network show uh just a big big day for the Bruin Bible as a whole Jamal how are we feeling going to week 3 2 and 0 oh for our UCLA Bruins a lot to talk about a lot to look forward to as the HBCU North Carolina Central coming into the Rose Bowl this Saturday at 2 p.m. Lots to be excited about, Thriller. Obviously, 2-0, and found our new quarterback. A very exciting, nasty, dynamic front seven. There's just so much to be optimistic about going into this final, let's call it, tune-up game before conference begins, before the schedule gets mighty serious, mighty quickly. And so, you know, with that, really excited to jump into this with you, Thriller. And, and welcome to the ESPN 1090 AM family. You know, this is Ryan and I have been doing this for the better part of a year. And to have you uh, with us now and, and doing the UCLA segment, you and I together, I just couldn't be more thrilled. So, so thrilled to have your presence and for our listeners to be able to hear your voice in the greater Southern California area on every Friday evening. Well, it's an honor, man. And just talking to UCLA football, you know, that's something we do pretty well. I think when we just know it, not great at a lot of things, but I do love our UCLA Bruins. I can talk about them for as long as possible. Let's get into the opponent first, yep. Matt. Man. North Carolina Central is a team that won 10 games in the FCS last year. They're currently ranked number 17 in the country. I know it's the FCS. I know it's a conference down, but a lot of talent on this team coming back. 12 of their 17 all-conference performers coming back for them this year. And the offensive and defensive players of the year in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference and quarterback Davius Richard and safety Khalil Baker, who is the number one safety ranked in the FCS, both coming back for North Carolina Central. No, it's a big talent gap even with that and all those accolades that North Carolina Central presented. But this is a challenge that UCLA needs to be prepared for when they take the field at the Rose Bowl. What are your thoughts on evaluating North Carolina Central? Well, no question about it. I think the last part of what you said really is something I want to double click on. And that is, let's not take this game lightly because let's look at who is the story of stories right now in college football, Will. It's Colorado. It's Coach Prime. It's Shador Sanders. Well, guess what? North Carolina Central en route to going 10-2 and last year beat Jackson State, beat Coach Prime and Shador Sanders in the bowl game. And so they actually sent Coach Prime out with a loss last year en route to a really significant double-digit win season. So when you look at this team and you look at quarterback Davius Richard, he's got 363 yards passing, three touchdowns on the season. He's also the second-leading rusher on the team. And then you've got Latrell Collier, their running back, who obviously leads the team in rushing over the first two games. But he's their second-leading receiver. So it's really kind of this two-headed monster. In many ways, this team, Will, is configured a little bit like San Diego State, where they want to run the ball 
with their backs. They want to get the quarterback involved in the running game. And then they've got some speed on the outside. They got a couple home run guys where every now and then when you're falling asleep, they can go deep. So I think it's really important, A, NC Central is going to treat this game like their Super Bowl. This is their one big FBS opponent on the season. They're going to put everything into it. They're playing in the Rose Bowl. Last year for UCLA in the Pac-12, this is only UCLA's second ever game against an HBCU. So you know the band's going to come out just like last year's game and, and really have some really vibrancy and spirit to the game. So with UCLA coming off of that big win, and we know what's coming up at Utah This is a classic sort of trap game for UCLA. So mentality is going to be paramount here to take care of business. Absolutely. And Davius Richard, I mean, one of the best returning quarterbacks, period, in the FCS. 2,600 yards passing last year, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Nearly at 1,000 yards on the ground in 15 rushing touchdowns. This guy is a true dual threat in every sense of the word. So keep an eye out for him. Khalil Baker, four interceptions last year. MEAC Defensive Player of the Year, getting a lot of NFL draft buzz for day two, day three next year. So keep an eye out for the safety there uh, for North Carolina Central. Madman, we've gotten through the North Carolina Central aspect of it. Ten wins last year, beat Jackson State in the bowl game. But we got to talk about our Bruins, man. That's why we're here. That's why we're on the show talking about It's not the NC State Central Bible, Will. It's the Bruin Bible. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So – I wanted to kind of cook up some fun storylines for UCLA going into this game. And I'm going to let you start, man. What is the number one thing you're looking forward to with UCLA playing the game on Saturday? So, Will, you know, it's hard to say the one thing. What I will say is there's maybe three things I'm kind of looking for, three or four things. And, you know, we'll we'll share that and, and see where this goes. I think one element that I want to really look for is a comprehensive performance from the secondary. And the secondary has sort of been feast or famine this year. Obviously, five interceptions, four of which have come from the secondary. But they've also had their share of one-on-one sort of matchup losses. When you go into that Coastal Carolina game, Pinckney had over 130 yards receiving in a touchdown. When you look at even last week against San Diego State, Kirkwood lost his one-on-one battle on that right pylon, that back shoulder throw. And then San Diego State dropped two more touchdowns in the end zone. Well, you know, when with guys were relatively open. So it's been sort of a feast or famine situation. Now, this week, Jaden Marshall moves over into the secondary. I don't know how much run he's going to get, but this seems kind of like an ideal game to sort of get him some experience. I'm really looking for a more comprehensive performance and a more equal performance in terms of kind of equilibrium with the secondary. I want to minimize kind of the super highs and I want to minimize the super lows. And I'm looking for sort of more consistency from that unit end to end from four quarter perspective. The other thing will is offensive line. And I think when you think about the journey that this offensive line has been on, we were very nervous in, in spring ball and in fall camp as to where they are. I think it's been a pleasant surprise. They've been better the first two games than what I expected them to be. Certainly hasn't impacted Dante's productivity, hasn't really impacted the running game too much, and has allowed UCLA to kind of move the chains. But if you look at how UCLA has finished the first two games of this season with you know, the likes of Coastal Carolina and San Diego State, it hasn't been a dominant finish to these games. 
UCLA is yet to have a rushing touchdown in the second half of either game. And so you're looking for this team to really impose their will, especially with a big lead. And I'm kind of looking for this team to allow the likes of Harden and Steele to really just get consistently those six, seven yards. This running game has been a little bit too reliant on kind of the home run run. And I'd love to see a little bit more consistency there. The third piece, Will, is would love for this to kind of be a little bit of a Kyle Ford game. And especially when you look at who UCLA plays next against Utah on the road, most probably with Dante Moore playing the bulk of the snaps, if not all of the snaps, Sturdivant has shown out. Loya has looked great in the slot. But you need that sort of anchor in the middle of the field, particularly on the road, hostile environments, tough down and distances. We've seen flashes of Kyle Ford, four catches, 60 yards. It's sort of been ironic in both games. Kyle Ford has sort of caught both his passes sort of back to back in both games. It's kind of like, OK, let's give Kyle Ford his two touches and then we, we sort of go away from that. I'd love to see a little bit more of a comprehensive emphasis to get Kyle Ford the ball consistently. And then the last thing, Will, is really fascinated about the rotations. And I think some of the rotational players that have gotten a little bit lost or are hiding in the rotation on both sides of the ball, how does that solidify itself? When you think about the wide receiver position, TMA, Cam Brown, we haven't really heard their name very much. When you look at even on the defensive side of the ball, when you think about a John John Vance, you know, John John has kind of gotten a little bit lost with how well Moasau has played. Oladijo has played. Kane Madrano has played. So how are some of these guys going to sort of respond? Even Yankoff. You know, I was so high on Yankoff in, in spring and fall ball. He's clearly kind of RB3. that We've got him back there as a, as a kick returner and punt returner. You know, I'd love to see where is his role going to fit in because those guys, I think, are going to play huge roles as we go later in the season. So those are the three or four things, Will, that I'm looking for, particularly in this game. I love that, man. A lot of great points there. And, you know, just to kind of follow up on some of those points that you mentioned, it has been boomer bust in the secondary, but I found a very interesting stat. Five interceptions for UCLA through two games. Only two teams in the entire country have more than UCLA does right now. And that is, ironically, San Diego State with six and Liberty with seven. So UCLA really, you know, getting their bones in the secondary through the turnover ranks right there. Um, some things I'm looking forward to, Matt. Please. You know, we, got, we got some fun ones coming up. It's obvious, but we, we want to see more and more, right? More Dante Moore out there in the football field. And I'd be interested to get your position on this, man, because traditionally speaking, if it's a blowout, Dante Moore out there at quarterback, let's say it's 21-7 at halftime, do you give him more snaps in preparation of one of the biggest games on the schedule coming up next week in Utah as he's a true freshman, as he's acclimating to college football, as a, you know his first year at Division One? I want to see more Dante Moore. What do you think about maybe setting him out there a little longer if the game's not a typical blowout? I completely agree with that, Will, because you got to think about what's coming up next, and you alluded to it really well. What's interesting is that Chip has been playing possum with the media now for about a week and a half about saying, you know, all three quarterbacks were going to play last week. And then when he got pressed on it this week in practice, he said, well, go ask the Jets about what they thought their quarterback situation was. 
you know, coming into the game on Monday and what it was after. So it's very easy to be very confident about who your quarterback's going to be, but things change very quickly. So he was being yeah. a little bit coy there. But I think that Dante, it's not just Utah, right, Will? When you look at now what's coming up, the next three games after, you know, there's a buy-in between at Utah, home for Washington State, at yeah. Oregon State. That is three consecutive top 25 opponents, three consecutive ranked opponents, two of which are on the road. So when you're setting up that now second trio of games, you really want to have a firm identity established a quarterback. And given how young Dante is, at still 18. Every snap, every rep is a learning opportunity for him to just get even better. And so he's clearly separated. You don't want to put him into harm's way by any stretch of the imagination and risk injury in a game where you're up significantly. But if this is still a 14 to 17 point game in the second half, I think you want to give him as many reps as possible, stretch this out to two and a half quarters, maybe even three in this game, and then give him, you know, the curtain call and the rest in the fourth quarter because you're playing for something bigger than just a game against NC Central on Saturday. Yeah, and Moore has been so impressive to start. 24 of 39, 433 yards passing, five touchdowns, one interception. It may be the most impressive stat for UCLA. On 35 completions this year, they rank ninth in the entire country on yards per completion. Yards per completion. 16, uh, 16 yards per completion this year, and Moore has been a huge part of that with the 81-yarder to Norwood, the big 62-yarder to Sturdivant in game number one. He has been the focal point of the offense when he's been on the field Point number two, Mad Med, we've started Carson Steele the first two games. He's been great, 25 carries, 160 yards, and a touchdown. But it's time. T.J. Harden, man, less carries, more yards. And he finished last year, those last two games, you know, had 200 yards flat rushing against Cal and Pittsburgh combined. He was averaging 8.5 yards a carry in those two games. This year, 20 carries, 167 yards, averaging 8.4 yards. He has not lost a step from what we saw last year. The 59-yard touchdown last week really was the moment in time where I think UCLA fans could deeply exhale and enjoy the game. It's like, oh, this is going to be a W, and we're going to do it the right way. Every time this guy touches the rock, good things happen. I I just – I love Steele. I think he's phenomenal. I have I have TJ Harden as RB1 to Carson Steele's RB2, and I want to see that shown this week moving forward on the rest of the schedule. What do you think about TJ Harden? potentially being RB number one for UCLA. Well, Will, you know, again, it's yet another point where you and I agree. Surprise, surprise, alert the media. Uh, yeah. You know, hey, guess what? We are the media, so alert us. But, uh, you know, I think that I couldn't agree more with you in that Harden does two things that give you a dimension that Steele doesn't give you, respectfully. And one is what you alluded to earlier is that home run threat. You know, you talked about, the 59-yarder against San Diego State where he opened it up. And then the second is I just think there's a seamlessness to him in the backfield as a receiver. And especially now, this year, you know, the one guy who's sort of missing in the rotation and one of those guys that I would actually like to see as part of those rotational pieces, where is Keegan Jones, right? Keegan Jones is now a slot receiver. He's kind of gotten lost in the rotation. So that makes it even more paramount that a guy like T.J. Harden is very effective as a receiver out of the backfield. Now, don't get me wrong. Steele caught a touchdown against Coastal, you know, but that was sort of a really nice ball by Moore that kind of set him up. He just had to sort of go to that left pylon against 
Coastal Carolina in the first half of that game. But when you, again, look at what's coming, particularly at Utah, particularly at Oregon State, Will, those are two very big, physical front sevens that really want to clog the middle and have a tremendous ability to set the edge. And that's kind of an area where Steele has struggled is the ability to kind of set the edge against elite competition. He'll plow through, he'll get in, in between the tackles, he'll get his four, five, six yards. But sometimes against these elite defenses, you're talking about arguably the two best defenses in the Pac-12, Will, UCLA's playing over a three-game period. And so there are going to be moments where they go behind the chains. There are going to be moments where it's going to be second and 14. It's going to be third and 12. Dante's a freshman. He's going to make mistakes, particularly in these tough road environments from time to time. You need a running back that can kind of make up for some of that, not just be the on-schedule running back, but someone that can make a guy or two miss and turn a five- or six-yard run into a 25- or 30-yard run. And for as effective as Steele has been, Will, he's lacked the ability to sort of break through on some runs and get past that 10-yard. There seems to be sort of a 10-yard glass ceiling with Steele. I know you and I talked a lot about that beautiful run that he had on third and 25 against San Diego State where he really was very physical. He got about 16 yards on that play. But San Diego State was kind of playing a prevent already. You know, he got eight or nine yards without really being touched and then sort of went forward. So having said all of that, Harden just gives you an explosiveness on the ground and explosiveness as a receiver that I think this team is going to need moving forward. So I'd love to see more of that. And I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit of separation Saturday between Harden and Steele. And I think we're going to get what we're looking for. Yeah. And it's the difference between a Ferrari on the highway and exactly. a built up off-road Jeep. You know, both are very reliable cars, but man, give me the Ferrari when you can get the open road speed. We saw it, man, that three place 68 yard drive where he had the 59 yarder was just so quick and easy and got past the San Diego State secondary with ease, man. So, Will, it's like my good. father says, the only thing better than a Ferrari is two Ferraris. So, you yeah. know. <laughs> exactly, man. We're fine. We're trying to find our second Ferrari in the backfield for UCLA. And I think the last point I would make, man, is we get to maybe see more of the recruiting classes the last two years than we'd like to see. I'd like to see where the depth is. I'd like to see which young players pop when their opportunity is called. And, you know, two players I listed on the last podcast, Jeremiah McClure, man, we saw him, St. John's Bosco product, yes. one of the most winning programs within Southern California. He was a guy that stood out that didn't look like an 18-year-old, already had the, you know, muscle definition of a legit defensive, or, you know, Division One player, was making grabs in contested situations, areas like that. I mentioned Grant Bookie as well. What about... You know, Braden Pagan, he was a guy that we really targeted yes. in spring ball. We have not seen him yet this year. I would love to see Pagan, six foot four, 195 pounds, was routinely making one handed catches in practice. Looked like a player that was too good to keep off the field. So Pagan is definitely a guy I want to see. I want to see the offensive line depth. You know, Sam Yoon is a guy that comes to mind, a Loyola product here in Los Angeles, somebody that you guys would know. And just, you know, some of the other guys around, man. Trey Edwards, a linebacker from modern day, Chula Vista. He was a four-star for us. These type of guys are the, the players that I'm going to be watching for in the second half going, which guy is going to be able to step into a Muasau or a Kane Madrano's shoes next year when that linebacking room is going to be empty, man? Is that a, is that a crazy statement right there? 
No, not at all, Will. And you listed some really talented guys, McClure, Bucky, and Pagan in particular is what I want to double-click on, Will, because there were moments in the spring and in the fall where you and I turned around and looked at each other and said, this guy's the second-best receiver out here. I mean, yeah. Sturdivant was clearly sort of wide receiver one, but there were moments where Pagan looked head and shoulders above Loya, above TMA, above Cam Brown, above everybody. And so I'd love to see what he can do in this type of an environment, and the environment is set up for success in that way. The other guy, Will, we talked about him very briefly that I'm excited to see and see if there's a wrinkle here is Jaden Marshall. Is yeah. there an Adoree Jackson-ish role for him on this team where he now starts getting into the secondary and then becomes very dynamic in the kick return game, the punt return game? And maybe is there a world where he maybe gets a jet sweep or two or three and sort of looks a little bit like the Adoree Jackson and Zakaria branch of UCLA. And so that's another element where Chip can be in the lab and use this game, not just to look at depth, but also to look at variety of players and putting guys in different spots and saying, hey, let me come back to that later in the year because I have something in my back pocket, which Chip the chess master is always going to need. So it's going to be really exciting to see all of this play out on Saturday, Will. Really exciting is an understatement. 2 p.m. UCLA Bruin fans. I will be out there. Uh, we got to get together for a tailgate coming soon. I think Madman and I are planning for the next home game after the North Carolina Central game to be out there loud and proud for our UCLA Bruins. Uh, much love, you guys. We will send it over to the next segment. 1090 ESPN My Ear. We are out here. Let's have ourselves a day, folks. Happy Friday to all listening and get home safe. Bruin Bible listeners, we've got a special sponsor uh, for today's episode. It is AG1. AG1 has been something that I've really enjoyed using in my spare time. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole-source food nutrients in one scoop that you can use into your water. You stir it up. I use it before my workouts, before I start my day, and it has totally given me the energy I need to do the little things in life, like going to work getting extra, you know, an extra boost, a second wind, if you will, for a workout before I play pickleball with my friends. Just it puts you in a good spirit of mind and you know you're doing the healthiest possible thing by putting AG1 in your body. Make sure to check us out and get a special deal with the Bruin Bible. It's www.drinkag1.com slash Bruin Bible to get the special deal that we provide. Once again, www.drinkag1.com slash Bruin Bible to get that special deal. Now, back to the Bruin Bible.